Welcome to Explore the Word Podcast. So glad you could be here with us today. For the next three episodes, we're going to look at cults. Uh, and, and we're not going to take time to look at specific cults. Rather, I want to examine how they operate in in general. Okay, There's things that they all kind of do. And look at a little bit of their rise in popularity and then look at major doctrinal differences from biblical Christianity. Now, I'll mention uh, certain ones who believe this or that, but we're not going to dive deep into what they do. I'd rather look at it from this perspective, and I think there's lots that we can learn. Uh, so cults have been around in Canada. Well, I mean, been around for decades in Canada, but they've been around the, since the beginning of time, really, and they're not going anywhere. And many individuals in our country and world are searching for answers and acceptance. An alarming percentage of them are turning to the cults. So as Christians, you know, we need to be equipped to deal with them, uh, to know the truth. And once we know the truth, then that helps us deal with it. Deal with those individuals in a better way. Maybe help someone who's being influenced by it as well. So 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So how do, do, how do they work? How do cults work? And because this helps us identify a group. Because they, they pop up like crazy. And unfortunately, they often take Christian names, names that we would associate with Christianity, and yet they operate, they are a cult. So... Uh, They're not honest about everything. So what's their mode of operation? Cults, for the most part, are not slap-happy organizations. They're highly organized. And uh, most cults have four common elements. A centralized authority that tightly structures both the philosophy and lifestyle of the group. A we-versus-them complex. A commitment uh, for for each member to aggressively reach unconverted. And in isolation, so removing from all realities of the outside world. These are really um, the hardcore cults. They do all these things, okay? Um, we probably all know someone who was in or is, has been in a cult. And uh, we often wonder how they get involved with that. How, how do they... How they end up there? I can think of a guy in my past, a uh, strong, I thought, Christian man. And uh, he ended up going to a cult. Now, he came back, realized he got deceived and things. But um, he did tell us after that some of the things that uh, led him that way. Uh, and some of the things that lead a lot of people that way are loneliness, despair, disappointment. These are emotional characteristics that... Uh, those who are recruiting, those looking for new members in their cult, they, that's what they're looking for. So when the new convert comes in, they find approval, acceptance, and, and then there's someone who's leading. So And in their own hearts, they need that. Uh, this is a kind of the conditioning of a new convert. And it's really essential for them to kind of melt their blend into the cult. Uh, it makes them very easy, if that's the situation they they are when they come makes them very easy to be influenced and indoctrinated so they use language in terms that christians use 
they use the language, but the language means something totally different to them. So deception is a part of the process for many, if not all, these groups. Okay, All cults are extremely effective in coercion. Now, coercion is to compel by force, intimidation, or authority, especially without regard for individual desire or vocation, like what they want to do. Okay, So there's some methods of their integration. Uh, so absolute authority is needed. Allegiance to the sect is demanded and enforced uh, by veiled threats or eternal spiritual condition. That's some of the things they use. Uh, doctrinal confusion. Incomprehensible truths are more ready acceptable than pre- and presented in a complex fashion. And, uh, you know, the idea of uh, they encourage to, re- to reject logical thinking. Just believe what we believe. Don't worry. Don't. No, don't. And then it goes back to that a loyalty thing. Um, there is financial involvement, giving of your assets, donating to the to the cult, uh, to the group. Um, that's part of it. Isolation from the outside. This is a really big one. Um, you know, diminish um, contact with those who are not part of the cult. And... Uh, separating them from friends, from society, from family. I'm sure you've seen uh, at TV shows or watched movies or whatever where that has been you know, a big part of the plot, the isolation from outside. Uh, there's conformity, same language, same dress, interest. Um, another thing they call love bombing, so it's a physical a- affection, constant attention, um, giving a, a false sense of camaraderie that they belong in things, uh, lack of privacy. So there's not a lot of time for reflective and critical thinking because you're being bombarded by the cult uh, members and um, unquestioning submission. So whatever the authority structure says, we do um, do not question. Uh, natural curiosity is not to be involved here. Uh, and then, you know, reject, value rejection as a recruit becomes more integrated in that cult. Uh, he's encouraged, um, denounce the, the previous values and beliefs you've had. Denounce them, like, let it go. So that, that there are some of the things they use. So then we have seen a massive rise of cults. The, the enemy is seeking to deceive and then destroy every person he can. And we need to understand that the enemy's wicked hand is involved in the rise of cults and the confusion that is found there. It really is a battle of souls for men, okay? And um, just in our own locality here in the GTA, in the last 40 years, there has been a huge growth, okay? And and they have... um, more influence than ever before and presence. Um, some cults uh, today, 40 years ago, would have been like, no, no, they're not right. They're not accepted as a mainline denomination by the world. Uh, today, the GTA, uh, the Greater Toronto Area, like 11 million people. There's uh, 16 kingdom halls of Jehovah's Witnesses. There is uh, 15 Mormon Mormon churches, and they have uh, their temple um, in Brampton. And in Bra- uh, the temple is 
only be used by those who are the most loyal and and things of that nature uh, members. Um, so that's there. Uh, then seven Christian sciences churches and three Christian science reading rooms. Um, so I mean that that's a lot, and that they're really the big ones um, type of thing. It just on the West, uh, west side of Toronto, uh, the GTA in Georgetown is where Jehovah's Witness have their headquarters for Canada as well. So definitely a growing influence here. Okay, and just for comparison's sake, uh, Independent Baptist Church—that's the pa- kind of church I pastor here at Legacy Baptist uh, in the same area. There's 15 that I know of churches. Uh, so you know, there's a big growing influence. It's on the rise. All right, it's on the rise, and we need to be praying. We need to be praying for more churches, absolutely. We'll end it there today, but the next two episodes, we'll focus on the rise, or a little bit more of that, and um, then what has transpired, like some reasonings behind it, and then major doctrinal differences. Uh, So thanks for listening, and until next time, keep exploring the Word and looking to Jesus. Bye for now.